and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I am joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, today we are going to uh, take a stroll back in time, and we are going to look at the 2020 draft, one of our favorites, because we were able to, well, spend basically the whole beginning parts of the pandemic, you know, game watching, film, all this stuff. Uh, looking at these teams, and I don't know about you, but I am ready for this. How about you? No, I'm very ready and excited. It was a very fun draft cycle. Maybe not the most fun time for the events at the time, but very fun draft cycle because we were able to, you know, feel really intelligent, really smart, and really informed about all these prospects. Like, there's a big number of guys that are not going to be anywhere near this list that we watched a decent chunk of of game film on i'm not going to mention who those are um so you don't know my big board but plenty of people that we watched a heap of basketball about and are kind of irrelevant at this stage i gotta say we still botched some things oh 100 there were some things where we look at it's like you know what we are on the right side of history and then you look at it and it's like you know what i hated that guy why did i why did i have him even as high as i did Right. Um, I I didn't like his game. I didn't like this. And it's, you know, Nico Mannion, we're looking at you. Uh, I'm sure you're doing great things out there. Um, You know, I'm I'm sure you're getting paid the big bucks uh, over over in Europe uh, to play basketball. So that's cool. But regardless, we uh, this is just a fun exercise uh, at the time for us to think through these players. And now we're going to do a redraft now, you know, this far into into, you know, these these. uh, uh, players' careers. Where would we have drafted them? And we're kind of you know, remembering that these teams at the time. We'll still kind of have it be team specific, but you know, uh, so that may come into it. But at the same time, you know, at the top of the draft, it tends to kind of still go best player available uh, for 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 many people. So Ethan, you've got your big board. I've got mine. And what better way to uh, figure out who's going to pick first, uh, and then we'll go back and forth, back and forth, um, than to flip a coin. So, Ethan, you got Google over here to flip a, flip a coin for me. Uh, your head's on tails. Let's see what happens here. And you're just going to have to trust me here. You're, you're just going to have to trust me that it's tails. So, that, that that's that's what it is. I will omit the number one overall pick in the 2020 redraft to Richard Davison. All right, well, all right, so we've got the um, Minnesota Timberwolves, and obviously they took Anthony Edwards at the time. Uh, i got to say, I was low on Anthony Edwards um, to start, but you know what? I think that's more Tom Crean. Tom Crean, I blame you. Um, you're an awful coach, and um, I can't believe you made me hate Anthony Edwards. And you know what? Just because... It, He's this guy's not at the top of my big board, but I think it's worthwhile. And I don't think the Timberwolves would have changed it. I'm still going Anthony Edwards here. I'm just gonna keep it there because I think that's what they would do. They like what the way that Anthony Edwards has developed. They made the all-in trade to go get Rudy Gobert, saying this is now the time. As a uh, you know, basically saying Anthony Edwards, we think that you're ready. The problem is that having Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team has prevented Anthony Edwards from being able to do his thing as well, right? Some Tom Creenery, if you will. And so I'm going Anthony Edwards here 
on the redraft for the Timberwolves. Ethan, what do you what do you think about about that? No, it's it's hundred percent the correct decision. Anthony Edwards, I even though I might still like some of these other players more, I don't think anyone's better than him. And no one has more upside than him. Very similar to where we talked about him in the draft, even with your lower ranking. We understood the upside that was there. Um, let's say I had him lower than he should be as well, I, um, I believe. But ultimately, he he is, I think, Ben. He's had the highest of highest moments of anyone on this board. And he, with the athleticism and trajectory he's on, um, defensive potential that he's only tapped into come playoff time. This is this is where he should be. Like, even if you're not the biggest fan, this guy is the best player in this draft. I mean, the, when we were thinking about him, we we did have some best case, worst case scenarios. And for a player like him, yeah, his his ceiling, his upside is kind of. It's higher than some of the other guys that we're going to mention just because of his athleticism, because of of um, what he can bring. The problem, the question for him is always threshold. What threshold do you get to um, with with this archetype? Is it going to be one where, like, your cap? Like, the questions I had was like, you're going to be shooting a lot of shots. You should attack the rim every chance you get. And unfortunately, the rules have prevented that from happening as much um, this year. But, like, I looked at it and said, you know what, one of the top, you know, upper, like, I thought maybe he could become, like, what Victor Oladipo, like, that sweet year Victor Oladipo had for the Pacers. Like, if he can get there. At this stage, like, his ceiling is higher than that. Like, let's let's not um, knock that. Like, he can get higher. But the question is, well, is he ever going to become efficient enough to get there? Is the defense going to get to the point where you're able to ramp it up? And so that's just kind of what I saw at the time. I, I think I still undershot it. Uh, you kind of had like the Andrew Wiggins best case scenario, which you know now that Wiggins has has done what he's done, it's like oh hey that that looks a little bit better. Even still, I think Edwards' ceiling is higher. I just am worried now that we might not be able to scratch that ceiling with the Timberwolves in their current state. Yep, I it's. It is not ideal in the forms that he's been placed in. All that being said, it's uh, he's still he's still just that grossly talented that number one is where if I had that pick, he would have went as well. Moving on to pick number two, we are still picking for the Golden State Warriors. Um, keep in mind that they drafted James Wiseman with this pick. Um, I would argue that hasn't went as planned. Um, my my replacement player, Richard Davison, is Tyrese Halliburton. I I roll with him. Like he was the only, he's he got some consideration for number one had I had that spot, but ultimately like the athleticism I think and defensive upside does trump um, Mr. Halliburton when I would like kind of looking looking to him, but. When I look at what the Warriors are doing, I look at how Steph can age. I look at how Clay can age. Um, I'm not really giving Jordan Poole as much consideration because the, the, these two players' development would have not been aligned particularly well. Poole would have been coming back out of the G League to contribute while Tyree steps into that kind of tanky, tanky Warriors year. Um, but Tyrese would have been great, catch, catch and shoot off ball, help the – 
Warriors with all their guys who just never stop moving, specifically Stephen Curry. Um, yeah, I think the Warriors would be thrilled to have Halliburton. They wouldn't be stressing Curry's injury this year nearly as much at this time. Development, I don't think the I think the curve would have been even, even just as good, if not better. Um, yeah, I I don't know how people didn't see Tyrese being a little bit better to begin with, but um, here we are. He's great. He would have been a perfect fit for the Warriors, and he, now he gets to, in this version he gets to be there. Yeah, I I like this pick. Like just 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 for clarity, I had Tyrese Halliburton as number one on my, my on my big board right now, so you took him off there. Um, just with where where he I think where he has been and where I think he's going, and just kind of the again the situation. Like I'm I'm considering that the Timberwolves have Anthony Edwards locked up for as many years as they do, and Tyrese Halliburton is a one that can easily go off ball if need be, right? So, like, that flexibility and just how good he is in multiple roles I think is helpful. The only other person that, you know, that I may have considered here is uh, Desmond Bain, just because, like, you look at him as the clay heir apparent type thing, and... Like, I, I worry a little bit if you are playing, like, defensively. I worry about the defensive structure a little bit with Halliburton out there. Not that Halliburton doesn't have ways that he's, he's helpful and useful um, defensively. I just think that there, like, there are some things about his slight frame that just make it a little more tricky, I think, in the Warriors defensive structure where I think a Desmond Bain just being as as strong as he is knowing and being in the right spots I think could be more helpful but you know Steph Curry goes out like Halliburton is a better fill in those gaps type of of uh player than I think Bain would be in that situation but when Clay was out like Having Bane be able to step just into that spot, into that role, I think would have would, would have been really really fun. But no, you know, it's one of those two guys for me at, at this spot for for the Warriors. Yeah. Um, if yeah. I can if I can hit on that a little bit, like I think one of the things that I talked about with Tyus Albert, and I compared him to stuff a little bit when he was getting knocked on his defense stuff um, pre-draft, and I was like, yeah, he's not a perfect on-ball defender because he's kind of slight and wiry, but like especially with the, the Warriors fit, I think I used it as an example. It's like they're not going to attack Tyrese Halliburton when they have Steph there. It's not that Steph's any worse of a defender. He might even be a little bit better than Tyrese. But they're going to attack the guy who has the heavy lifting to do on offense. And thus, I'm like, this is still this is an even better fit than it normally would be because they're not going to attack Tyrese Halliburton when they can attack Steph and try to wear him out throughout the process of a game. I think it's worthwhile just to throw out the comps that we had for some of these players at the time, just, just to kind of see how they hold up and see see what's fun. Uh, I had Sean Livingston with a three point shot, um, which I think it holds up pretty well. Not, not, not gonna, not gonna, you know, I think it's pretty good. You had Lonzo Ball with a, with a three point shot, which I think is funny because I think this is probably the year that Lonzo Ball broke out and and made a whole lot of threes. But the idea that you know he can like you know push the pace and uh, you can. In, in the half court, I, I think Halliburton looks for a shot a little more on ball than Lonzo did. But I think uh, just it, it's it's fun to think about some of these um, things. I did have his best fit as being with the Warriors uh, written down. Uh, you had the Pistons, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. I was trying to do you um, a favor. 
I, you know, I, it's okay. We'll, we'll get. Don't worry. We're, we're not going to get too far. I'm just saying. We're not going to get too far without talking um, about some Pistons players here. Um, okay, Charlotte Hornets. Um, it's here's the tough thing because again, I I want to be able to go Desmond Bain, but I can't here because just of the situation and how I, I don't think Desmond Bain's going to solve these issues. I think I still have to go Lamelo Ball here. Um, uh, which is tough because it's like, hey, I'm just we're just re-upping what the old draft was. At least well, don't worry, that'll change. But the time pick five comes around. But I think with where Charlotte is at, I, I think it still has to be Lamelo Ball because what we still find is that Lamelo Ball's passing and vision are still. I don't. I mean, we we start to get up to like uh, you know, the way Halliburton can can move the ball without turning the ball over. And, and uh, you can just think about the athleticism of Anthony Edwards and the shooting of Desmond Bain. Like, at the time, we said the singular best talent that anyone can do in this draft is LaMelo Ball passing the ball. And I think others have, like like we mentioned, those, those guys I just mentioned, have kind of crept up with their particular skills. But LaMelo Ball's passing is still awesome. It's sweet. And his shot has come around. The only problem is it probably, ha- probably occurs a little bit too frequently. Wonder if he's maybe shooting the ball a little too much, uh, but Lamelo Ball I think is still the pick here. Um, it's you know, it's it's just tough with with where Charlotte is at this very moment. But I, I still think it's Lamelo Ball for those reasons. Do, do you, would would you have gone maybe a different way here? Maybe uh, or the only only thing that gives me cause for pause for maybe going Desmond Bain over Lamelo. Or even De- Devin Vassell, like the, the, like he's he's not up there with Bain Lamelo on my board quite, like he's right there in the in the realm. But the only reason I would maybe go with like the Bain or Vassell over Lamelo is you have Terry Rozier, who I think is a capable starting point guard. I think can be a point guard on a really really good team if you surround him correctly. And if you put you know forty percent shooting Desmond Bain or thirty nine percent shooting Devin Vassell with the defensive boost that those guys could give you, not to mention some of the growth that we've seen I'm talk- I'm just talking about dropping them in as their you know 2020 selves there's some potential that those players develop really good with with Terrogier and then if you think about like the f- roster fit of the then Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward as well those players might just synchronize into the lineup but LaMelo Ball still is a two a two-sized point guard so it still works fine yeah my my issue is like I look at Desmond Bain and as much as I want to, like you know, uh, you know, laud his praises, I, like he's not a one as far as like the number one guy on a team. He's got to be secondary, right, or ideally tertiary, because that just means you have an awesome team if you can slide him down a notch. And with Lamelo Ball, like if he can develop and hit those highs and 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 to get into the spot where like he's your guy, like then you actually you have a whole lot going on like if the things go well right and so i i just look at it that way and think to myself yeah you can have some sweet shooting but you still need the stir that you know you, you still need the straw that stirs the drink and i don't know if like I don't, I don't trust gordon hayward right you can't he can't stay healthy like if you had prime gordon hayward okay now we're talking right um and and then that kind of construct i think with rosier and bane would work i just don't know if it works um, uh, with where things have kind of ended up here. That's fair. 
Like, yeah, and you're not going wrong by picking LaMelo. It's just solid. I just wish you hadn't because I think the Chicago Bulls might have been, um, in terms of teams like not left available, might have been his best fit for, like, a really fun scenario. So let's, uh, let's, let's go into the Bulls pick here in 2020. Keep in mind there's a team with Zach Levine, like, well-established. I don't think he got in his extension yet, but he was well-established as this is the guy that they want to build around and want involved. Laurie Markkinen, not developed yet, but is on this team. Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter, Wind- yeah. Wendell Carter as well. Um, Daniel Gafford even. There's a lot of, lot of pieces here um, that are, are, are looking a lot more interesting, you know, with, uh, with a post-time post, uh, lenses. So here's where I'm at. I, I want a lead guard type of player, which LaMelo Ball would have really been helpful with. But what I can't pass up is the opportunity to just get an, a, a, a good fit. Zach Levine, not, a, not perfect for lead guard, but I think good enough. I'm still going to go Desmond Bain because the, the lead guard I had in mind I don't think does enough to help Levine's causes. I'd still rather have Levine have the ball than him. So thus, just give Levine a 43% shooter and sign me up. Desmond Bain to the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad about that. Um, just, just, you know, personally. Um, but it's the right pick. I mean, the top four people on my board have gone. Desmond Bain was number two um, for me. Uh, again, ahead of Anthony Edwards because, you know, the bit has to live on uh, in, you know, for, forever. Desmond Bain over Anthony Edwards. But uh, the, the point is, like... If you do this trade and you just hold Pat, right? You mentioned, you know, Markinen, you know, Levine and, um, you know, Carter and all that. You don't go and uh, misallocate future first round picks that become Franz Wagner and, uh, you know, like, and other things. Like, you might have something here in Chicago, um, but yeah, getting this pick right. The problem is, like, Patrick Williams, their original pick, even last year, there was like the, oh, he might become, you know, this or that. And the allure of, of, of what he could be. Like, we liked him, but it was always like, he's coming off the bench for, for Florida State. What's up with that? Um, you know, why, why is, you know, you're doing this. And this, we think he can shoot. We think he can defend all right. He always looked a little bit like a half step slow to me. But I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And it's, it, they wouldn't trade him for Jeremy Grant last year, Right. They they in in a trade it was gonna be like him and um, I think Derek Jones Jr. or something would be the salary matching for Jeremy Grant could have could have locked him up um, I think at the deadline I think Troy Weaver I think Troy Weaver liked and likes Patrick Williams I think he would have done it and now it's like okay Patrick Williams you're gonna shoot the ball like okay sweet you're shooting good percentage but are you shooting enough that the defense has to care are you able to really be the best def- so like. There are there are some challenges that that they that they have and um, yeah, Desmond Bain would I think would solve a lot of those things. With 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 down the Patrick Williams thought is, is like the the guy is dripping in potential. Everyone can see it. He's athletic. He's he's strong. He's he's got a shot that doesn't look broken, but he's the kind of guy that you have to have on a developmental team. And unfortunately for the Bulls, fortunately for them in some ways, they were ready to step up with Levine's growth and within making ill-advised trades to get Vucevic. They needed him to be better, and that's not his fault, but 
you you couldn't do the slow play development anymore. That wasn't gonna that wasn't gonna work. Yeah, I don't think I think we only did comps for like the guys who were projected lottery guys based off of the consensus. So we don't actually have a a comp here for for Bane in that way. Um, I mean, I know we talk. I don't want to like try to like remember what it would what it would have been, but. Because, you know, like, oh, of course, he's going to be Clay Thompson or something ridiculous, like, you know, at, at, at the time. But Believe it or anyways, not, I been... think I said Catino Mobley because he's kind of got that big shoulders, short arms thing going for him. Anyway, that's just me yeah. guessing. There you go. Cleveland Cavaliers want Isaac Okoro. I can't quit Isaac Okoro, but I'm going to quit it for this pick. I can't. I cannot redraft Isaac Okoro here. Um, in fact, I desperately want him off of Cleveland. But... If you can go back and imagine, like, what would it have been like? Obviously, you know, uh, butterfly flaps, swings, everything's different. But, like, let's throw Devin Vassell here. Like, that solves all the problems that the Cleveland Cavaliers have. Yet, I know that there are some other people on the board here. But if Devin Vassell is your three on this team, this rangy guy, you've got some off-ball defense. And, I mean, maybe you still are struggling a little. Like, he can... Like, I don't know if he if he's quite as strong to handle some of those wing some of the wing matchups, but but you got Evan Mobley and you've got Jared Allen behind you. Okay, we're okay uh, now, obviously. So uh, Devin Vassell is the pick. Uh, you got the shooting, you got the off ball defense. It's the move. Yeah, I I we've we've hit the same like five at this point in our in our what would it be big boards. Um, so it, like, he's not he's he's not five on my big board. He's oh, six. Well, he's five on my big he, board. Okay. So like you've the picks taken have matched my big board so far, and we're we're getting we're getting to the Hawks, and I'm I'm curious if I'm if I'm gonna stay on my big board, uh, for this pick. But yeah, Devin Vassell, I do think it's just such a, it's it's just such a perfect fit. Like it's a butterfly flaps its wings truly though, because if they have Vassell, are they looking at him as a two, and do they ever like really go deeper down that? road for Donovan Mitchell do they ever even bring in Laurie Markin in last year there's a whole lot of <laughs> a whole lot of moves that have happened with the a- very active Cleveland Cavaliers we do have um some takes uh on him because he was a you know a lottery protected pick uh the player comparison and you know what I hate it it's still still kind of it's Danny Green was was the one for both of us you said Danny Green pray for Chris Middleton um is is what you said and it's like, hey, he's going to be a good defender, like, you know, one through three or on the wing, right? He's going to be able to floor space it. And the funny thing is we said, hey, the worst fit for this guy, both of us said worst fit, Spurs. Where'd he go? The Spurs. <laughs> and got to say, right side of history on that one. Well, yeah, he just didn't. I, I really do feel like he would be a lot further along in his career if he wasn't on the Spurs. I feel like the Spurs just had a lot of guard depth and thus he got buried and this is where we're at. He's still kind of buried and kind of not as good as he could be. But we saw earlier this year, I guess he's not buried anymore. He's um, but just did not develop as much because of the Murray originally. Interesting one here. Hawks for you. Yeah. Uh, they went a Kongwu and you look at it like this many years later, it's like we're still doing the Clint Capella thing. So it's uh, – the, the tough part is that some of the guys, like, you know, if Desmond Bain is here, like, it, it's it's great. If Vassell is here, that's a great fit there alongside of Trey. 
But now you're kind of a unique spot of right. Where are you gonna go now? Um, considering yeah. the team that they have. Yeah, it's really tricky because you know we think back to the Kevin Herter and obviously Trey Young. They get Clint Capella in there. There's a lot, a lot of you know players that have been contributing and are continuing to contribute that deserve a lot of consideration for this pick, knowing the the context. Um, you know, there's some players out here who might be the best player available, but those do not make any sense in my opinion um, for the Hawks. Um, so the player I'm going to go with is one of the most versatile players out there. I think just fits in almost every system. All right, no, let me rephrase that. He does fit in every system because he's just good at everything to a certain degree. And I'm going Sadiq Bey here to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so he, he, he's actually not quite this high on my big board. I'll actually tell you he's number eight for me. Um, but that being said, there's, there's no way that Sadiq Bey playing for the Hawks doesn't go well. He'd probably shoot even higher from three. Like he'd be more consistent getting Trey Young passes. He'd help the defensive end by just being solid. Like, you know, he wouldn't have to have stressed Herder out with some of the matchups back in the day. Like, it's just one of those things that he would have fit perfectly. He would have made everyone's life better. And he, he hopefully he would just avoid the play well but not be perfect at anything. Like that John Collins has found himself in where he gets a lot of hate for no reason. Yeah, no, I, it's. It's the, he hasn't shot as well. Like the problem is he's shown you bits and pieces in different seasons of like what he could be good at. The first season, he was a flamethrower from three. Sadiq could not shoot from two point range. It was just awful. Then he's gotten better at finishing at the rim. He's gotten better at shooting at two point range. The problem is now some of the three point shooting has kind of gone away from him. And also, it's well defensively. Where do you slot him? Especially this Pistons team, it's weird with them wanting to go two bigs and also having uh, Boyan there, uh, who is having an awesome season, being able to shoot. But he kind of fits the Boyan body mold. You can't have two of those guys out there. And so it's it's a little bit of a struggle. But at, in Atlanta, you know, having him alongside, like you see them trying to do that thing with A.J. Griffin of having someone who can shoot the three ball and space. And here's the thing with Sadiq Bey goes to Atlanta. Like, that first year, if it's just the catch-and-shoot three-point stuff, who cares if he can't do anything in the two-point range? And maybe he doesn't develop that as much, but maybe he, he's just saying, well, my role is I'm catch-and-shoot three-point guy, and it ends up being, um, I think, a helpful cog and piece for them. So, yeah, I think Sadiq Bey is probably the right pick here. Um, for Atlanta. Um, yeah. Jay, this is the year that they traded for Bogdan Bogdanovich, if I'm not mistaken. He was injured a lot, but he this is the, his first year with the Hawks. Um, so, not like that he can fill that role when he's out. He can fill some Daniil Gallinari minutes. He can fill some, he, he can keep Solomon Hill from ever playing. Solomon Hill played 71 games for this team. Like, I'm just looking at those minutes specifically that the Hawks had to divvy out, and I'm like, wow, Sadiq Bey would have made a big difference for this team. Um, player player comps, because, again, Sadiq was in that kind of uh, area. Um, I had better, taller Jay Crowder. Um, you had Al Farouk Aminu with Wetter. <laughs> 
Oh boy, it's funny. I think that's dialed, and that would and that I, would lend I, I more to some of his. Good. I think that would lend to some of his um, two point struggles, like yeah. his Alfred Camino could kind of dribble a little bit, and that was the downfall because he'd get somewhere and then not know where to go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Detroit Pistons. And this we is why we're and very happy that you got the number one overall pick in the it beginning. It is. It is. Um, let me just say, my fifth overall pick is still on the board. Um, the, the, my fifth overall. My top, uh, I had Sadiq at seven, Vassell at six. Um, and I'm, I, I'll just say, we are, we're getting to the point where I said some Pistons are going to go off the boards again. I think we're kind of getting in range. However... I think I think I have to go Tyrese Maxey here. I think I have to, um, just with where he's going. Like, I could do the, you know what? Let's not do that because we're trying to get Cade Cunningham next year, and you know, future, you know, th- this might be wrecking those future plans, but probably not. Let's be honest. That team was bad, 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 and so um, Tyrese Maxey, you can look at and imagine. Hey, let's say that you get Cade Cunningham. I think he slots pretty well next to like it's kind of what you are wanting a little bit in the Jaden Ivy situation where you can do some on ball off ball stuff there um but with Maxi you know he's able to you know bring you know bring that uh that in some instances lead guard and you can kind of push the pace and and and, and be quick with it get through and finish i do wish um do wish that the uh, the shooting was just like like I, I I want him to I want him to be able to do things a little more on ball and like off like he he's in a good spot where he could do some stuff off ball and I, you know what I just think it fits I think it, I think it'll fit just fine he's he plays enough off ball right now with James Harden and he gets his on ball reps too so I I I think this is the move this is the pick Tyrese Maxey to the Pistons. Tyrese was sixth on my board. Um, looking at like every team from like post the Hawks down, like I couldn't put him there with Trey Young. That just doesn't make enough sense to me. Having two tiny guards, um, but from seven down, he would be the pick every pick until he got picked, right? And yeah, he's a good, a great guard for a young team to, um, to get going. I do think that our uh, player comps struggled with this one. <laughs> I said Rodney Stuckey. Uh, you said shoot first Fred Van Vliet. Um, I don't know. I don't know, don't know how I care for those. But not particularly good. No. We we've been good at we've we've been good. We, here's the thing. Like we liked. I think we liked him. It was weird in Kentucky with the three guards and then really the guy who was the point guard. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name Austin right now. Hagens. Ashton Hagens. Like. Just it was, became nothing. Yeah. So, it, it, high high level athlete for like a little six two body, um, not no jump shot. I think he got I think he got drafted by the Rockets or he was undrafted and signed with the Rockets, but he never was an NBA player. Six two is generous. All right, go ahead to the New York Knicks. All right, number eight with the New York Knicks, they selected Obi Toppin. That was that's a pick that happened. Not ideal, I would say. We I'm hated it. Have, we hated it at the time. Yeah, um, I'm not having a lot. I'm having a hard time with this because I don't, I feel like the player I want to put here um, is a kind of guy who could use a really good environment. And this is right when the Knicks are maybe making a turn towards being a better environment. 
Um, that being said, I'm, I'm not going to ignore my big board. I'm going to go Jaden McDaniels here. And he is going to be the, the big swing the Knicks need. Um, I, I do worry a little bit because of at the time when he came out in the draft, he was getting some some hate for some of his off the court antics or whatever else, or like attitude problems and who like, you know, I'm not going to dive too, any further into things I don't know about, but there's a reason he slipped in the draft. Wasn't because of talent. Um, sending him to the Knicks does give me some concerns. He won't develop, but I won't say that Minnesota is a perfect development city. And thus, like we're going to trust the uh, trust the eye and say Jaden McDaniels, Tom Thibodeau, they're going to just link up and be so happy together. He plays defense hard, and that's all you need to get on the court with the Knicks. Only reason why this one doesn't happen is that he's not wrapped by CAA. He's wrapped by Bill Duffy. So, um, but we 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 like the pick regardless. Uh, yeah, like Jaden McDaniels, like we're starting to get into range where we're like getting into like. Like I got a list, I got numbers, but it's like some of the people in this range, like you could you could convince me to bump them up or down a level, and and you know is what it is. But uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's fine. Better than Obi Toppin. Um, Much better. And McDaniel's McDaniel's was up near the top of his draft class, I think, coming out of uh, high school. Uh, but then you know he goes to Washington, and you're really not able to. The, sh- the shot wasn't quite there, and in the two-three, that uh, in the zone defense that they run, you're just not really able to see all of the stuff. That was, I think, again where I missed a little bit with Isaiah Stewart, um, where it's like I'm not able to see your switchability on the perimeter. Like I don't know that you have that skill because you can't show that. Um, we saw some weak side rim protecting from Jaden McDaniel's in Washington, but point is, um, I think it's a good pick. All right, Washington Wizards. Ugh. Awful. What, what, what an awful situation here. Um, they went Denny Avdia. Um, you know, just kind of a fine, fine, okay pick. Like, but we're, we're like, we're in the range where, like, you're not getting, like, we're out of, like, the awesome player range. And... At this time, um, if I remember correctly, we've got the Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal Washington Wizards. Um, like I, I think that we're, I think Avdia had like at least one year with them. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ethan. You can if you can look that up for me. But like if that's the case, and I've got those two guards doing like all the stuff, like I'm. I'm beginning to, I don't know, like I feel like I want to go a big here. And this isn't even the big that I, like, I don't think this is the big that I have ranked higher necessarily, which may be giving a little bit away, but I think I want to go Onyeka Okongwu here. Like, I think that we wanted him to go there initially, like I'll have to pull that up. That's that, I but, almost guarantee that was my best fit is what what I where I had him slated for. Yeah, we no 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 it wasn't. I had him as the best fit there. You said Warriors just because again there was like They're up a little bit higher. But like once 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 we got past that point, you're like yeah okay let's go let's go um, Wizards. Like that was a thing that I knew we both were kind of wanting and thinking and. 
I just think he's a better like there are there are a couple other centers that we could you know Stewart uh, and I mean I don't know we'll have to see where Wiseman ends up going for for, for both of us but like a Kongu here I think is the one that has a little more height than Stewart does um, and you're in the Eastern Conference you're gonna have to deal with and this is a team that shortly after this is dealing with um well just kidding that this is not the team but like but you're you're in the Eastern Conference and you're gonna have to deal with 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 some of their you know some of the forwards and bigs and Giannis I forgot that Akagu in reality is on the Hawks and they they were the ones that that you know met Giannis in the conference finals but uh I think Akangu is probably the better fit there um than anyone else I just don't like it I just don't like the Wizards just the concept of them um that's that's fair, but I think a, 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 an interesting note. So you're 100% correct on the Westbrook and and um, Beal front. Like that is the team you're, you're thinking of that correctly. Here's the thing that's interesting about like that pick and why I agree with it in terms of the conceptually. So the the Wizards drafted Denny Dia here, small forward, power forward type of player. Here's the number of centers they had on the roster this season. They needed a solution. So I think your your thought process is perfect. They had Jordan Bell. They traded for Daniel Gafford at some point that season. Thomas Bryant, I'm not sure if this was his ACL injury year or if this, is, um, this was just when he got there. They had Mo Wagner. Davis Bertans is a, tall, a big man, not, not a tall man, not a big man. Robin Lopez, Anthony Lynn, and how about this name? Andreas Pashniks. So they were looking for solutions, and while Aneko Kongwu might not be perfect, so Thomas Bryant started and played 10 games that year. Let's scroll down a little bit further. While they did not find it necessarily, and maybe Aneko wouldn't have been, that's the goal that they had in mind with a lot of the player movement. So this is the year. So Thomas Bryant was slated to be the starter here for uh, uh, for, for this team, and then like a few games in the season, he goes down. But you could envision like – you probably weren't going this many bigs uh, at at this time. Like it wasn't kind of in vogue at the at the time here. But Thomas Bryant could could space the floor a little bit. Like that was really when he was like, "Hey, I'm going to be a three point shooting guy." And we had dreams of a Kungu being able to space it out. Really hasn't come to fruition yet. But um, you can envision it. Like the, both of those guys playing. So yeah, I think this is the move. All right, the next pick which is an interesting one because it's a team that is like that that's good and we got Chris Paul uh, you know you got Devin Booker and this is just hey what are we gonna sprinkle into this awesome team they go Jalen Smith which is just a befuddling like evidence that you didn't their Scouts did not watch as much as we did like they didn't invest in the draft scouting uh, situation and and like noted to be you know to be skimping on on, on that in the in their um on that team and we were shouting for the from the rooftops for Halliburton here would have been perfect obviously in this situation he's off the board and where are you headed here this is an interesting one um like where you're just trying to find the piece that maybe fits in and can grow with this squad yeah where are you going it's very interesting. I'm, I'm going to pull up the Suns roster to give myself just a li- little bit extra bit of context before I make my final decision. But if I'm not mistaken, this is a team that lost in the NBA Finals. So we're, we're looking for a player that can contribute even just a few um, minutes. 
No, it, this, it the, is. The, 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 so the, the the Lakers won the bubble um, championship, but this is where the, the the Lakers won the bubble oh. championship when we yes. were doing this. But this is yeah, the and team. The, we're about to go. Yeah, yeah, we're about to go to the um to, to but, the finals. Go ahead. NBA NBA champion runner-up Jalen Smith ended up being a thing. He just never played at all. So, what we need is we need someone that fits the roster that went to the NBA Finals. They didn't win, but they went to it. And, with all that being said, I think the player who would have the most versatility that's still available that would be able to contribute but wouldn't be on a terrible development track it's just it's Patrick Williams. He's the best, I think, the best defender left on this list that I have. Well, no, but probably the best defender you would have actually played. Best, Yeah, best defender um, that I think is going to get minutes. Just, anyway. Who's not going to be a total zero on offense. Like, Okoro's out there. Okoro is a person Okoro that, that exists, but at the same time, high leverage Okoro minutes um, on this team where he's not having the balls in his hands, he's not the one setting screens, Um you're, he is out there for spacing purposes. You're playing four-on-five offense. You can't do that. Yeah, it's basically you're looking at who's going to take some Tory Craig minutes, who's going to take some Cam Johnson minutes who didn't play a whole lot this year. He actually might have been hurt even. I'm not positive. But, like, Jay Crowder's starting, Mikhail Bridges starting, Booker, Paul, and Aiden. Like, maybe if, if Neka Kongu was still available, I would have been like, here's the better backup center that could have replaced when Dario ends up going down. That would have been great to have a reasonable backup center against the Bucks. Um, but he's gone. So Well, I mean, could this be – like I'll, I'll pose two possible names toward you. Like, I think it's still Patrick Williams. But like, could you go Isaiah Stewart here – to be kind of like the backup center, hey, the big, you need some minutes for you know for Giannis, so you're not totally getting destroyed. It's not great, um, but but maybe that or or it's just let's just get guard depth and like let's go Emmanuel quickly. Like those are the two names where I look at and say they're the, they're the really the only ones that I'm considering in yeah, this situation. I, it, it was between Patrick quickly, obviously a Coro just because you know the defensive yeah. plug and play, but the 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 last like big who's not really a big fully i had precious achua like ready to ready to fire in there but i thought i think he's a little bit too much of a wild card with the yeah. the way chris paul plays to uh to be trusted for this team so yeah all those guys were in my consideration i really didn't get to isaiah stewart but that's not a slight he, on him off, offensively just, just, it's not going to fit as well because his finishing at the rim isn't there and that's why he's de- trying to develop into this pick and pop big and you just need your big on a Chris Paul team to be able to finish at the rim. Otherwise, they're going to tighten it up everywhere else. And so. As is a common thread with the Suns and how they draft, they should have just traded back and, and then they can grab Zavi, uh, Z- Xavier Tillman right before the end of the first round. That's what they should be doing. All right. San Antonio Spurs. Um, pick 11. I hate the Spurs. Uh, they're just not fun. Um, and so. They we obviously hated it's like hey they went you know guard and um it, I'm trying to like remember the, the 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 Spurs situation here at the time this is obviously a couple years post the Kawhi trade um, they have Jakob Pertl there so they have their big the problem is that they really you know they have De, uh, Dejounte Murray although I can't remember if this is the ACL kind of situation or not played sixty seven games that. this season okay. So he's 
he's there, and then they have the variety of wing just players, uh, wing-sized guys. Um, I, I'm looking at it again, and it's like, well, maybe what I do here is not that I have, I don't know, I... I don't want to send Emmanuel quickly there, but you know what? Let's just do it. He's let's just send him there so that the the Spurs can actually take some threes because they didn't want to. Um, so let's let's do that so that they're forced, so that Pop is forced to take some three pointers. Sending Emmanuel quickly, sadly, to the San Antonio Spurs. Um, that's that's what we're doing. Gotcha. Just for some some reference, like the 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 basic. The most consistent stars on this team were Murray, Keldon Johnson, DeRozan, Pirtle, and then basically a split between Lonnie Walker and Derek White. Uh, Derek White obviously got hurt at some point this season. Um, that's why Lonnie Walker stepped up. Um, with that, all that being said, it's, like, there's not if a, Patrick Williams was there, I would have gone him because it's like, all right, we don't have that body. We don't have that body there, but I, I didn't know what to do. Th- this is when Lamarcus Aldridge either got bought out or got hurt and this is his turn of his career where he's no longer a a player the Spurs are like investing in obviously they end up getting Trey Jones in the second round he played some games for them but not a, not a heap I think 37 here Rudy Gay still on this team but again there's no player you can take that's not getting a little bit of development time but obviously a guard gets the least given they had Murray um, DeRozan White Walker and then end up being Vassell and Jones but now it's just going to be quickly. All right, we're heading to the Sacramento Kings, and here's the tough part about the Kings and the the all of this is they get they get Tyrese Halliburton, and uh, while he is not on their team anymore, he's the reason why they have Sabonis, which is why Fox is so awesome, and why they're having a great time right this moment. None of those things happen, so we've we've just got the kind of Fox and friends situation. Harrison Barnes is. A key cog on this, you know, team. I'm just trying to just trying to set the stage for like what we're what you're trying to have to figure out and decide between. It's, it, we're, no, we're not no, happy just, right now. Just the the Fox and Friends reference just kind of threw me off my rhythm. Sorry. Just, <laughs> where are you going with the twelfth pick? And I need you not to select the person that I want to pick next because it's the perfect pick next. You're gonna agree with me when it happens. But uh, where yeah. are you going? So here, here, I, I mean, let me see who my, who you're gonna get next to see if I can avoid it. Um, anyway, That's fine. just 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 pick. You're good. Gosh, the uh, the the Kings, man, like they're in a tough spot. So Buddy Hield's still on this roster. Obviously, Hal Burton doesn't show up. So they got in theory they have guards and they have Bagley, who they want to develop. That's not working out. But the guy, the guy I'm gonna go with is Precious Achua. I think he's the biggest, biggest upside play with, with a reasonable fit option. I think Precious is a pretty good player. I think he's developed reasonably well with the Raptors. That's just that's just where I gotta go. He's highest on my okay. big board left. He is not highest on my big board. Um, but again, we're at the realm where it's like we're kind of in a tier. Where it's like, okay, well, pick your poison. Where do you want to go? Um, but he does kind of give you the defensive kind of piece to it, 4-5. And it, it makes it, um, I think it's an interesting fit. There are other places that I might have 
thought about going here. Um, again, I think James Wiseman is bad, but I also think that the Warriors situation, like this is the one thing I was especially wrong about. I was like, oh, I think Wiseman, if he goes to the Warriors, is going to be awesome because he'll, all he'll have to do is this. But he can't do that. He can't play in that system. But if you had him um, in a different setting where the pressure is not as high, I wonder if it's any better. Um, I don't know. I just would have thought about him here just just because. Um might have thought, you know, you know, we were trying to find a home for Denny Abdia um, at some point. Like, he's kind of just kind of like, we're in range there. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of players in consideration. But when I when I don't see, like, a perfect fit, like, I'm not seeing a, a – I'm not seeing, like, a, a baby Harrison Barnes, like, on my board, you know. And, like, you can just all – at this point, you're looking for, like, baby Harrison Barnes and, like – Desmond Bain type players that just fit everywhere and there's not that many left and thus like I'm going with a guy who I think could play alongside Bagley if that was the development path they wanted or could play alongside Harrison Barnes if that's the development path they wanted like I think he just checks the most boxes for them and is good enough that we're even though we're shafting the Kings completely in this redrafting yeah. scenario yeah um maybe this is the a, a decent little glimmer of light yeah okay New Orleans Pelicans, we are, um, it's going to be great. Killian Hayes getting uh, uh, getting the shooting coach uh, from sent from heaven to fix the shot on day one. It's going to be great. Um, you know, and you think about this, like Dyson Daniels is the like kind of attempt, hey, you're going to have a strong, bigger guy who's able to go in, who's got a broken shot, and we're going to have Fred Vincent fix the shot. Like that's... That it seems to be going pretty well for the Dyson Daniels thing. I think if Killian goes here initially, obviously he had injuries right off the bat, a hip thing that just knocks him all the way out. And he's again, he was awful first couple of years. He's played very well in this stretch since Cade Cunningham has been out. He's been fitting in there, um, and I just think like his shot has come around. His and and that was the thing that was struggling. Maybe if he goes here, the shot comes around. A little bit quicker um, because you know what he can do on the ball defensively. Uh, he's able to get to the mid range a, um, a lot uh, in in Detroit. I don't know if you get to that as much in um, in New Orleans, but I think as a catch and shoot guy from three, I think he's in a better situation um, there. He's able to you know be there, learn behind Lonzo, and um, who I, I think kind of fits that mold a little bit as well with with the um transition passing and stuff like that so that's i think it would be a good fit for killian and i think that this is us like they, they drafted kyra lewis who you know point guard-esque who just basically been shoved to the back because he can't defend where the soul is too small and so uh he's unable to utilize his speed and and so i think killian fits better what they want and i think it would be good for him too yeah i think it's a perfect fit for killian hayes it's a lot higher than i would take killian hayes but Maybe not a lot, but I, I, higher. Um, I mean, I I don't know that it is uh, huh? for me. Now, I point. am a Pistons fan, and I also am watching a whole lot of Pistons basketball right now, which I know there's not a lot of people doing so. And so I'm seeing him be a whole lot better um, right now. Like, there's a stretch where he's basically averaging 15, 7, and, uh, you know, it, like in three and the seven is assists, right? So like he's going there and shooting essentially, you know, 35% 
from three. A lot of them are self-created as well. Uh, he's getting to, he's doing the thing, and um, I, I just look at it again. We're in it. We're in a tier here where if, like, I want to send Isaac Koro somewhere, but I haven't found that team yet. So, uh, eventually, there will be a team that comes that that we're gonna send in there. It's gonna be great. But just you know, some of the guys who I might have higher, it's. Killian's where I'm going. So the team Isaac Core is going to go to and develop well is the Boston Celtics. If they can make Grant Williams into what he is, I, I'm stoked oh. about the opportunity for Isaac Okoro. Like, I'm looking at this team with two guys who can create all as much as they need with it being uh, Brown and Tatum. I look at Grant Williams and how he's fit in. I think he could do very similar stuff with Okoro. He's a little bit smaller, but he's, a, I think, an equally good defender, just a little bit better for guarding some guards. So... I think he's a perfect niche piece for this team. And with that being said, like I'm, I'm very excited to see him go to Boston. Not for my own personal thing. I think that makes Boston even better faster. But, yeah. like I, I like I like to know that Okoro can play defense. And that's going to be a problem for anyone who plays the Celtics. I think the thing you have to believe if you think this is going to work is that you think that the shot gets fixed here in the way that Grant Williams' shot has gotten fixed. Um, the problem, like, I, I guess that, like, I, I yeah, because right now, Isaac Okoro still cannot shoot. And um, with Grant Williams' You look at what he was able to do, and you what you saw with him in the is that hey his free throw development over his three years at Tennessee was improving, improving by by his um, you know uh, third season there. He's shooting eighty two percent from the free throw line. Yeah, only thirty two percent from deep, but the shot you look at it and you think it's there. Isaac Okoro, I mean, I'm just finding up finding his. I, I don't want to find like dead air to find his college free throw shooting stats. Um, I, I mean, I'll tell you, we saw it man made it ma basically shot. I, I want to say he shot 67% from the line because when he went to the free throw line, he would get fouled. He would always make one of two. If it was an and one, he'd make the third free throw. And so I'm, I'm saying it's like 66%. Yeah. Are you finding it for me? I'm working on it, but like you're, you're hundred percent okay. right. I think it was 66% on the nose. Like he was that dude, like literally as you described it, that's what he did. So, um, point is, I don't know if... 67.2%. Like, okay, so, like, we're there. <laughs> like, we, there was, I don't know if there's anyone I watched more than Isaac Okoro just because that Auburn team was really good, and they played in a lot of other really good teams that had some prospects. So, like, I watched so much Isaac Okoro. I, I just don't know if I believe the three-point shot would come around as well as it has for Grant Williams. Like, Grant Williams has been one of the, like has gotten to, to be a high-level uh, shooter in that role. Like, I just want him to be able to to, to do some short-roll stuff. That's what I want. That's that's my dream for Isaac Okoro. So get him off the calves, at least. Yeah. Well, say we're, we're getting to the point where we're going to be hopping off here sooner than later. Um, the other yeah. two people I considered were Josh Green and Denny Abdia. But I thought Abdia wouldn't play enough because he's not versatile enough at his size. And Josh Green, I'm like, it's the same problem. Let me get the guy I feel better about defensive. Yeah, I mean, the only other person I think you could consider is maybe an uh, Isaiah Stewart just as like, hey, you could slot him in into the backup 
like backup backup center role like for Boston you got Rob Williams and you've got Al Horford there so really your backup center is uh, Al Horford obviously by the time it matters like obviously there's some trading back and forth and I don't even know that Horford is on the team this year or if this is his D2 or year um, but the point is like right now it's like we're dealing with Luke Cornett and wouldn't it be great if it was Isaiah Stewart in there trying to um, kind of slot in there. That would just be the only other person I'm thinking of. But, like, we're we're in range. This is kind of the, like you mentioned, Avdia is the only other one I have really in that realm, uh, too. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think this is probably it. So, um, we've made it through the lottery. I don't know that we're going that. I don't, I don't think we're going further than this. I think no, we, this is we as got, far we, as we're going. Okay, well, I will pick for the Magic if nothing else, then, because if, if if bits have to continue, we got to continue bits. Sure. And if I'm the Orlando Magic, I'm staying far, far, far away from Cole Anthony. Who? Wow. You know, here's the thing. I didn't even realize it, but I actually left him completely off my big board this time. Again, oh. Oh. Not, come on. Not, which is not correct. That's incorrect. The I bit. Do that. <laughs> The bit's going too far. What they need to do, what the Magic could use right now versus a loose cannon, inefficient guard, is a steadying hand guard. If we're just going to go guard for guard, come get Trey Jones right now. Get rid of Cole Anthony. Come get Trey Jones. Everyone's happier except for Cole Anthony. Fair enough. I guess. Well, if we're gonna do that, then let me just get, let me just get Isaiah Stewart then for the Pistons in the very that next make, pick, and that makes a lot of sense. That just makes sense. Yep, yeah, it makes sense. And then to the Thunder, Poku has to go to the Thunder just just because like the the the, the tank master has to be on the team if they're gonna be successful tanking down down the stretch of of each of these past few seasons. He just has to. That's very fair. It's, it's yeah, not the right fair. pick, but he has to. It's very fair. I I definitely wouldn't have him there, but yes, that makes a lot of sense for the the better men of the league and world. Um, for the Mavericks now, we might as well get them a shooter. Let's go Isaiah Joe. Wow, just just it's talking about how you were considering Josh Green earlier, and we're thinking about the guy who actually went there and has shown some strides, and we're just saying, no, forget Josh Green. Well, I, I I give give me um shooting for Mister Luca. I, I yeah, Joe Josh Green's probably the correct pick, but. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of – I have Josh Green 18th on my board. That's where he got picked. I have Isaiah Joe 21st. So, the closest. Okay, well, then, you know what? Let's get to 20 where uh, – so, I, I got 19 Pistons. You got 20 Heat. Let's do this. So, give me James Wiseman. The Wiseman Reclamation Project. We're going with him. I know we just drafted Isaiah Stewart, but we want to go big. And, uh, you know, it's – I know that um, Troy Weaver loves himself uh, or wanted – uh, and I, I think he did um, uh, want James Wiseman uh, a little bit. So give, give him to us. We'll take him. And with the 20th pick, the Heat, here's my guys I'm considering. I'm considering Denny Cole Avdia. Anthony? No. Oh, sorry. Cole Anthony is not in consideration. I'm considering um, Denny Abdia, Kenyon Martin Jr., honestly, Jalen Smith, and Aaron Neesmith. I don't know where to go. Honestly, well, no, I'm I did not, not, I'm not considering Jalen Smith. I'm not considering Jalen Smith. That Zeke Naji says Jalen Jalen Smith in terms of my consideration. But it's I'm gonna go. Den- I'm gonna go Denny Avdia. It's so easy because if the Heat just had a guy who 
like could spell Jimmy out of the four spot and just take the beating, that's exactly what the Heat need, and Denny could do that. And I think if he's in the Heat system, I bet he shoots really well by now. And and like again, you 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 had it, you said it, you hit it right on the head. It's hey Jimmy, you're not the four. He is. Go out right. and play. That would that would make me very happy. It's funny like Kenyon Martin. Um, Dinyabdia, even Rui Hachimura, like all the, there's a lot of fours in the southeastern conference division that just give me frustration because I'm like I would love them to just push Jimmy to the three so he's a little happier, just yeah. scoot him on up. Yeah, they might not even well, be that good of fits, but they would make me happier. Well, we've made it through the top twenty at least. Um, I'll just say it's not great after that, but no. Now we see. I I've made my list down to 34 players that I'm like. I these are players I'm okay with putting on teams, but at the it's not not necessarily worth bemoaning these these options. Well, I, I want to bemoan one more thing. Get Malachi Flynn to a different team, just please. Just get him out of there. Like I liked him, and if the Raptors weren't, you know, why'd you draft the man if you just want people who are six foot nine? Right, get him out, please. Yeah, I like. I'd like to see him get an opportunity because every. It seems like when he gets on the court, he does reasonably well things. Yeah, he's a backup. Like yeah. that's what he is. Backup for a middling team, which is what the Raptors are. So play him. Sorry. Right. Get a little frustrated. Like, I mean, honestly, like I look at him. If he played for the Heat, he'd do. A, like, I don't think he'd be as good defensively, but I think he could do a lot of what Gabe Vincent does, and maybe be a little bit more better scorer, based on like the way he shoots or has shot in the past. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not a good defender, but that's probably why he doesn't play. But yeah, hey, to throw him in the Hawks, just have him, like, hey, Trey Young is sitting down. Just you, you do the backup point guard stuff. Just run some double drag and and be bad on defense. Don't worry, it's just giving. Giving everyone else more reps for when Trey's in, so yep, just do that. I think that's a great point you bring up. Anyways, Ethan, love this draft. Uh, it's just it, it brings good memories uh, to me, um, and uh, love love talking about it with you. And uh, well, looking forward to uh, getting you know now, now that the Lions football season is over, thrilling victory to to end it. Um, Looking forward to not even having to think about football. Yeah. Uh, Just basketball only. (laughs) My my Eagles are still in the mix. Obviously, there's a bye week for them. I'm still not thinking about football.